Aloha, all you money makers out there. This is Indar Lang, and we're on episode four, 41 of our podcast. And we're super excited to have my great friends, Anam and Amir. They're in beautiful, sunny Texas. A little hot right now, but super excited <laughs> to have them here. And uh, let's do it. Let's dive on in, guys. So let's go. If I told you guys that that subscribe button is the only thing that's separating you from financial freedom, because knowledge is power, I'm going to give you all the knowledge so you can succeed in life. Tell me a little bit how about yourself. How do we meet? And tell me a little, a little bit of your background. I know we met at the event and uh, we built a quick friend trip there in Maui Mastermind. And yeah, tell me, a, tell me a little more. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that was that was probably like one of the best trips that we've actually done. Going out to Maui for a little over a week and getting to know a group of like whatever it was 30 or 40 people and actually getting to know them because we hung out for the full seven days and yeah. really got dove into each other's businesses dove deep into it no it's a great time and, and that's how we met uh but it was a maui master it was time. a what event it was, it was a maui mastermind in um it was at the the grand way layout but that was last yeah. year right it's been about a year right i think so. it was last year yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Last year, i think last september right? yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah last september yeah. Yeah. But it a little was a bit, bit about us. Me and my wife are from Dallas, Texas. Um, we invest in single family homes. Um, our, we do we buy value at single family homes and, and, and we keep them mainly as rentals. We recently just changed our model to flips with, with the interest rates going through the roof. But but that's a little bit about us and what we do. You guys have a ton of burrs too. You guys buy a lot of I when I met you at the group, I was surprised that you're very young too, and you've got so many burrs. <laughs> um, and I love the burr pro I it's the best strategy there is, I think, out there to keep the keep the money rolling and working. But you guys have how many doors now do you have up to? You're up to like 50. We have I think, a 70. Time. Yeah. Yeah. It was so 50 last time, I think. And- yeah. 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 So we, we came back from Maui and went straight to work. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're at 70 and all of them have gone through the burr cycle. So the burr strategy, right. Um, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't realize that uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. Um, it's a waiting game. It's making sure things are right, but yeah, I mean, it didn't, it, it basically, you just stick to it and we stuck to one strategy and it was the burst strategy for six years. And like he said, just three weeks ago or four weeks ago, uh, we bought our first and second and third flip all at the same time because interest rates are kind of killing us with the burst strategy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And secretly, he's not going to admit this, but I spend way too much money sometimes on our renovations because I love the whole design process. <laughs> you so do, flips uh... are my creative outlet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it until I don't love it anymore. <laughs> you love it until you don't. I don't know. I've, I've designed, the designing takes a lot out of you sometimes. All the little knickknacks and stuff. There's a lot. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, if it was up to me and she wasn't doing that, and I would have streamlined every single thing. Every <laughs> single house would look exactly the same, and we would have just boom, like here's like here's a tile, here's a floor, and that you're going to use for every seven, like every seventy houses. <laughs> All right, I'm, I, I'm done here. <laughs> I, I, I do that kind of, I have to say for years before this, I used to have the same flooring, same paint. Uh, there's same like yeah. s- certain tiles from Home Depot and um, it just made the machine quicker, of course. But that's amazing. So you guys got up to 70 doors in the burr process. So what? I guess we since we're going to talk a lot about burrs, we should 
definitely anyone out there not listening what the burn process is. Um, and Brandon yeah. is just coined this term, but this has been around for years and years. It's not the the word is just a new word, but it's been around for years. So, uh, so so for anyone listening, the burn process is to buy, renovate, rehab rent out and repeat it's a great strategy from the olden days uh our fam our you know parents or so forth they would buy rental properties and just pay them off and have zero debt you know the that would take forever that was a long said process to you know take you a while to pay off one property and then go do it again so the new way of thinking is velocity money the quicker you can utilize money in a property and to make sure cash flows to go do more and to go do more and to go do more. So the velocity of money quicker, we can take out enough of our capital that we injected into this machine property uh, and to go do more. So we, we buy them at 70, 75% below market value, right? I mean, that's where you're at. I, I normally 60, buy 55 60. to 60. Yeah. Yeah. All in. All in. No, no purchase. That's our purchase. That's, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, purchase I'm price, all in. All in gets closer to 70, 75. So yeah. Yeah. So I use 70. I use 70 all in rehab costs, everything at 70. Because when I refinance at the banks, maybe, maybe the bank doesn't hit our appraisal number or you went over your rehab budget or you know i don't i don't have nobody in it so i kind of try to use 70 you know but it never perfectly works out of course but you've you've had refinances where you don't get it all back i've had a few right and it's fine like oh i got five or ten grand into this property yeah you know oh well it's not too bad yeah yeah because the returns are still great even even when you leave money in the deal but it's just like yeah if we can get back every single dollar obviously you can do a lot more deals yeah yeah yeah, it, they're not always home runs, but there's been, I'm sure you had some home runs where you've taken out some extra money out of the deal, which is, that's the best part of Burr. Yeah. Have you, have you had some big takeouts, I guess you'd say loans? Uh, yeah. 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 We've had, we've had a couple of those where we got to keep the property and take out money on that, but those, those come around very, very rarely. Yeah, I yeah. like only a handful of deals that we got that done. Yeah. I, I had one we took out a hundred grand extra. I was like, yeah, hundred grand tax free. So the oh, coolest thing wow. anyone listening, it's tax free. Like you don't, yeah. it's a loan, so you don't pay any interest on it. You don't pay any money on it, which is amazing. You know, you just you just gotta you gotta pay your loan back. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, you pay your interest, but yeah, yeah. So what part of uh, Texas do you guys investor do? You you just do a certain part. Dallas is it? Yeah. Yeah, so if you, uh, or I don't know if this is an audio yeah. only or video only. And there's audio and video. <laughs> but you yeah. can see, uh, yeah, uh, we buy in the DFW Metroplex. And so mm -hmm. when we got started, a lot of our purchases were more on the Fort Worth side because they were more affordable. And then just in the last few years, we shifted a little bit to the Dallas side. A, because we live in Dallas, so it's a little closer. And we realized the hour drives were killing us because um, it's hour there, hour back. And then several times a week, I mean, we were losing a lot of time. Um, and so we started realizing that we're okay spending a little bit more money to be closer to home, but the numbers still worked. It's just mm -hmm. our entry price points are in, center, in the low hundreds, you're in the low 200s now, but um, it still works. Um, but yeah, Dallas, Fort Worth, and then I'm born and raised here. So I feel like we would always invest here. Yeah, it's your backyard. It's a lot easier. Right? And you have been doing this yeah. six years, right? What'd you do? before all this, what'd you start off doing? I mean, you're doing one or two at the first and you're working normal jobs too, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah. So I was still involved with my family business, like ever since like middle school, I've been working with them. Um, but what business? like when we, so they were in the dry cleaning business. And so they're, they have two locations and, um, I grew up working in there since I was mm. young. And mm. then, um, we got, we got to a point and then she was, and then you were working in the, the she was working in the auto dealership business and she was on the, she was a marketing director at one of the large luxury automotive dealership. And, um, we were both like, as we were growing, we grew up together too, because we were together since we were 13 years old. So we were, oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. We were 13. Yeah. And she was in middle school. I was in high school. Um, so we always were like, we grew up with in an entrepreneurial family because her family also had sandwich shops that she would go to, like to work at during the summers mm. and at nights or something after school. Um, but we've always, we're thinking about like, what can we do for ourselves? You know, like as we grew up, we, we grew up with like long hours and working on weekends and, and during the summer and all of that. And we were like, let's, let's, let's do something for ourselves. What can we do that, that, that we, that we built on our own. And um, we came across all these other things, you know, everybody uh, comes across like trading stocks or, you know, all mm -hmm. the, the regular stuff first. We, we went through all that. Uh, we went through even like talking about opening a bar or um, a restaurant or, you know, all these other ventures, but, but nothing panned out. Real estate is something that we came across that we liked because, and especially the Burr model, because we were like, let's like all the work is going to be done on the front end. Once the properties are ready and they're rented, well then like the work is lessened and we can kind of step away from that. Mm -hmm. and, and our essential goal was only to get to 10 properties. We were like, <laughs> we'll be rich on 10 properties. And then once those are rented, then we can completely walk away and we won't have to do anything else ever again. Yeah. Um, right. Well, well goals change pretty quickly. Well, explain to people that to think 10 properties is enough. It's, it's, it's not enough, especially if you have something happen or the carrying of just, you know, a lot of people have that 10 property goal. And I, I think it's, uh, you couldn't live off of 10 properties even uh, alone just no. in the long term. Yeah. If something happens or. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. 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 Definitely not. Yeah. yeah. You, you get one, one, one maintenance call and some, something large on that maintenance call and basically your cash flow for the whole month is pretty much going. Yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. So I think people are misconstrued sometimes when they think, oh yeah, I'll just get 10 and I'll retire and quit my job. Like, I think you can have 10, of course, and keep your job. Yes. But yeah, uh, yeah. that's a good model. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you kept working and you had 10 properties, at least at retirement, you'd be taken care of if you got those 10 properties paid off. Yeah. 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 So, um, so you guys started out six years ago, you're just doing one and two on the side and so forth. How, how did you first started finding deals? So how are you kind of finding out now? I mean, obviously you're just probably working with the agents at the beginning, right? And, or how did you guys no. grow? Yeah. So like, oh. um, obviously he consumed a lot of content in the beginning through podcasts, a, a lot of bigger pockets was probably listened to. And I think he learned about what wholesalers were. And then oh. on some of the forums, he would find um, people post that they're wholesalers in Dallas. I think we tried considering the agent model and we realized oh, really? a, so all our offer oh. was oh. not competitive. Yeah, all yeah. wholesalers and all, our first, I mean, we started right off the bat sight unseen too, even though we are local purchasers, like we're an hour away, right? But we, our first purchase was sight unseen as well. Mm -hmm. um, just trusting photos that were sent to us. Um, and off of a forum on the project. Yeah. 
yeah. that, that, that's exactly how we got started. We never actually went through the traditional route of oh, wow. finding a realtor and finding something on market. Well, you're heavily, yeah. there is a ton of wholesalers in that market, right? There is a heavy, huge, huge yeah. amount yeah. of wholesalers. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot. There's hundreds of wholesalers. Like our, our inbox of emails is probably getting like probably somewhere around 150 houses every single day. So wow. Oh, so you don't have quite a, a bit of wholesalers, quite a bit of deal flow. Yeah. And now you're just weeding out what deals work if, for the Burr model. Generally, the cash flow is pretty much works on in your market. Most of your stuff, the one percent rule, right? I mean, or better. Yeah. Up until uh, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Up until all these, yeah. all these rates started killing everything off. But no, yeah. I yeah. mean, a lot of the stuff still makes sense over here. Uh, just like you have to weed out obviously price points. You know, you have to keep it to sub like five hundred thousand or four hundred thousand yeah. dollar neighborhoods. Yeah. Kind of makes sense on the rental side um but there's a lot of things that we've done over the years to now where we can just weed out everything like instantly now it's just like a five minute oh this is work no nope. all right move on to the mm. next mm. the square footage you and you yeah you know your rental prices and so forth um yeah so what kind of what kind of rules yeah, do, do you fall... oh go ahead no go ahead go ahead go ahead your portfolio go ahead <laughs> Say, um, our portfolio ends up being our own comps usually because we, we mm. try to stay in semi-similar areas. So mm -hmm. then we have like the proof of concept because we've either already had an appraisal done or we have it already leased. So you know, I yeah. think that now helps us um, because we have pretty strong, like very, like we have accurate numbers versus just kind of going based mm -hmm. off hypothetical, like hopefully it appraises for this and hopefully the mm -hmm. rents are this. Um, mm -hmm. So that's helped a lot finesse our strategy in the last few years. Yeah, that's awesome. You don't even you can analyze a deal in your head at this point. I mean, you don't even need you know you know your stuff, which is which is great. I, I I'm the same way. I love that when, I mean, you can literally take a phone call and analyze if deals are good or not in you know your head. But what do they call it? A napkin. Mm -hmm. You can run a deal on a napkin. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah. So what? So now that interest rates are higher and we're having these, you still got to try and hit that one percent, one point two five percent rule um you know how you're dealing with are you with the interest rates are you because i'm the way that I'm, where i'm getting at is i am okay until um you know breaking even or making money on stuff because i know i can do a rate term maybe when the loans get cheaper you know i kind of play it differently because i know you can refinance or do a rate and term loan in a couple years from now what do you what's your thoughts on that with their making it work with interest so, rates? Yeah, so we did get into doing flips now just because interest rates are up and a lot of the deals don't make sense on the rental model. But but we're still we're still actively looking for rentals. Like if if there's if, if a scenario comes like down where we leave almost no money in the deal and we're close to break even or above break even, mm -hmm. we take we still take that on as a rental, of course, because if, if the numbers still make sense, they still make sense. And, and then for rental wise our, our thought process is yeah, our thought process was exactly the same. Like, we're, we'll take it on now. And even if we're above break even on the rental side, then, you know, mm -hmm. we can go later down the road. We can always refinance that loan. Mm -hmm. to, to loan right but to piggyback yeah. off that, like, there are deals that, like, recently that we've been okay being in that we know <clears throat> could possibly be a net, net, net cash flow if you actually account, like, all those expenses that, like, you know, if you hold for maintenance, hold for CapEx, hold for vacancy, yeah. you hold for all that. Yeah, there are some that end up being negative cash flow. 
But again, we're okay with it because those deals also have built in probably anywhere between 100 to 150,000 in equity. Mm-hmm. So the the part the di- the difference in our market that we've been seeing recently is because DFW or Texas in general has become a um, like a hotspot, right? And mm-hmm. our prices, home prices have like rapidly increased. But what's not rapidly increasing alongside home prices is rent prices. Rent prices can't go from two thousand to three thousand overnight. It's going to take a long time for Dallas to be able to catch up and start charging some mm-hmm. of those higher rent prices. And so that's where we're in this awkward situation where our home values are awesome because we're getting great values, which mm-hmm. gives us equity and you know builds your net worth. But your rents are not moving as fast as values mm-hmm. are. So. If, if it's a deal like that where we, it's an area we want to be in and we get we know it's an equity play yeah and yeah. we essentially might end up losing money it's fine because you you know you get the tax benefits you get the depreciation i mean there's all these other benefits that people of course, of course. don't ever yeah. factor in and you can only do it when you are at a large enough portfolio if it was our first few deals yes it would be silly for us I, to probably do it because i 100% why? agree um, yes 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 yeah. i i know exactly what you're you're feeling and doing on, on there. Yeah. And you guys are, the, I think it's the number one city that people are moving across the United States. I think it's Dallas, Dallas or Austin. I forget which one it is, but it, I, I heard so much that it's the number one place to see and move to, but I, I yeah. feel you exactly what you're saying. Cause I have some that we're trying even midterm rentals um, just to get them to break even or make money for the year. Um, and my third play is uh, there's still flips. I mean, they're still, you know, in a year or two, you can still sell them for here in Hawaii. We have such big appreciation that, um, you know, I can sell it as a, it's a flip, you know, always. So I, I, I like that, that strategy, just buy it. And as long as you have no money in it and you can break even or make something for the year, you know, you can always figure it out kind of later, you know, that the rest of what you do offsets it a lot of time, you know, yeah. Um, you know, you, there's that saying, you look, you look smart owning real estate in 30 years. So whatever you buy, you know, you just look smart, <laughs> you know, if it, even if it was the worst <laughs> ever, you know, so that's the coolest thing about real estate. I think it's just getting control of it sometimes and then kind of figuring it out later, yeah. you know, sometimes, but, um, yeah, yeah, so, exactly. So tell me more about how you analyze your deals then how I, I love analyzing deals and I love looking at it. So do you have a deal analyzer? You have some kind of Excel sheet and, and um, just to run your numbers. Uh, we used, we used to, I mean, right now, like, it's just like, we know our areas so well, but, but yeah. we still do run comps. So in certain areas we'll run comps and obviously if we can find deals that are 50, 60, 65% um, of ARV, uh, yeah. That's generally what we're looking for. And then we'll run it through a scenario. Does it make sense? Is it like now, since we do flips, we're like, does it make sense to take this on flip as a flip or does it make mm-hmm. sense to take it on as a, as a rental? So we'll run it through both scenarios. But the only thing we're doing is now is we're just running comps and, and checking if there's enough spread on it just so that we can either take on the property. Uh, on, that note between, on that note, between flips and, and rentals, I struggled with myself sometimes is I... I used to early on, actually, I'm guilty of wanting money now. And I just would flip, 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 flip because I wanted money now. And then I, I didn't realize yeah. until maybe two, three years ago that, damn, I should be keeping more rentals, uh, make sure they, you know, cash flow. And um, there is that fine line for me. I don't know if, you, how do you 
go back and forth is yes, I should be keeping some of these, but it's nice to keep cash flow and making, you know, making a nice flip and making, you know, 50 grand, whatever on it. There's that kind of fine line to, between it all. How do you, how do you play on that? How do you uh, figure out which you want to do? <laughs> so yeah. we haven't gotten to that probably yet. We haven't gotten to, cause we literally just started like three weeks ago with the, the oh, actually the deciding to do flips. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like we did it opposite probably from what most people do. Yeah. We went, yeah, You're we went smarter. straight to obviously the burr yeah. <laughs> buying hold because we're like, we have to own all our assets and we will never sell. And then you know, that was our model, never sell anything. anything. (laughs) And then a month ago, we had a realization when we were running an analysis on a deal that we're like, this is like a really good deal. Like, I do not want to pass it up. And we were like, so do do you want to try a flip? And we were, we're, we've always been on the fence, you know, because, you know, you know, for several reasons, what if it doesn't sell? What if, you know, just several reasons why we don't know it, right? Well, we don't know, we don't know, which is probably why we're like, let's just stay in our lane and our lane is the burr strategy. Um, well, but burring is, is a flip. Burring is a flip. It essentially it, is a flip. It, it, it's a flip. It is. It's just a it's flip just you're, <laughs> you're an end buyer. Yeah, you're just selling it to, refinancing it to yourself. So yeah. it, you are flipping properties. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. It's, it's how we explain to people when people don't understand what we do. And we're like, we just flip homes, the rentals. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question on how we, I think the way we would differentiate it is essentially it's, it'll be the rental differentiator if we can make money with it being a rental then we'll keep mm-hmm. it but if it's still a good deal and has a spreads then 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 we'll pick it up as a flip that's what we think in our head because that's what made us make that first decision to flip yeah. versus hold it's also two I think it, price points too because yes. the, the flip side where our price points are a little bit higher um, mm-hmm. our purchase prices are typically between three to five hundred thousand Whereas our rental purchases are between like 150 to like 200. Cheaper. So yeah. it's two different oh, price points. Yeah. 100% agree. Yep. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The cheaper stuff is always better for rentals, the lower expenses. Yeah. Because you're generally going to yeah. get the same amount of rents compared to a 200,000. For us, a 200,000 or $400,000 property, you know, the rents don't spread enough for for it. You know? Yeah. And I love, I love the lower. vice versa, if you're... Yeah, I'd say vice versa. If you're buying 150 or 200,000 dollars property to flip, there's typically not that much gross margin in it for you to yeah. get it, get a rehab done and still yeah. make a decent amount of yeah. money to where it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you got the teams together on your side for the, the contractor to do the work. And that's another hard part of the side of it all, a project manager and running it all, you know, to to now do both sides. And I think it's amazing if you guys can do both both sides of the business, you know. Because it's I, nice to get get checks in them. That's a, yeah. yeah, that's how yeah. we came across the flips because like we were actually just looking at one of the deals and we saw like at least a couple hundred thousand dollars in gross profit on one of the deals and we're like, man, we could literally do this in like three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. And and that something just clicked that day and we're like, why are we like turning away all these flips yeah. when we could probably just start getting mm-hmm. like you know bringing in some cash rather than yeah. rentals rentals bringing. You don't really bring in that much cash, you know. Yeah, flip yeah. will bring you yeah. like exponential amount more yeah. than than rentals will, even if even if you have a larger portfolio. Uh, so we we're like, man, this is only like three or four weeks with our teams um, to do this. So why don't we actually add doing flips alongside doing rentals? Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree hundred percent. And then 
if you flip more, you can offset it with a cost seg. You know, you have depreciation, you have things like that to offset your capital gains from from flipping. You know, so yeah. you already have that side of it all. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably you should do so. Well, you don't have to do cost seg because, I mean, you have you don't need to use your full on cost seg. You probably can carry. You probably have so much cost seg you can carry it over. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just because, like, yeah, until we started scaling it, like, obviously, until we started doing more flips, then at some point, we'll need yeah. to do the cost seg so that we can yeah. start writing down more of it. Um, but at least I literally, while we're getting up and going, I buy some big, big stuff just for the cost seg studies because I make a lot flipping. So I need that cost seg depreciation. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. We actually been giving our cost seg study away to our investors they become partners. We, we bring our investors on as a 1% ownership of our property. And then they can take share off some of the cost eggs. Cause we get some big costs. I just think about that. Even for some of your family and friends, even you can do, you know, investors. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You can use, they can use 25,000 against their W-2s if they're not, uh, they, if they don't do professional real estate full-time, 750 hours. So they can use 25,000 and then it carries on, it carries over until it runs out. So say you gave them a hundred thousand in depreciation, they can, they can carry, carry it over. Or if they do real estate full-time, like, uh, yeah, yeah. For four years. But if they do, uh, real estate for, uh, even escrow agents or, uh, eight, a real estate agents they're great because they can they can take that cost they can use it right away yeah, but that, sure. that was hard for me to yeah yeah real estate professional. that was hard to me for to pit to explain or to pitch to people sometimes so i don't always talk about it because people don't understand the cost <laughs> seg in the first place so <laughs> i think it's a <laughs> it's only real estate people understand it it's like our little secret thing understand yeah. it yeah yeah I don't know why everyone does. He's going to come into this paper losses and it's going to reduce your taxes. That's all you got to tell them. <laughs> and then they'll yeah, talk all years about that. I don't know. I explain all the time. <laughs> it's still like over a lot of people's head. Even I'm talking to like an agent one time and she's like a prime candidate of, she was making a lot of money. I was like, you should like, and she had rental properties. I'm like, you should be doing a cost And she's like, <laughs> She's like, no, I just pay my taxes. I'm like, okay. She's paying a hundred grand in taxes. I'm like, okay. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll say, geez. I mean, she does well, but um, yeah, this is this is why we we do a lot of this stuff. So you do a beautiful job decorating it and designing it all. So how do you how do you like that side of it all? So I love that side. It's um. It probably has a little bit more to do with like my background, which was in marketing, which is a little, oh. is creative. Like I didn't go into finance for a reason. Right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so like, I like, I like seeing things come to life and I feel like I can, um, I, I feel like I, I have a really good vision so I can see like a crap hole and like, I can mm -hmm. already see what it's going to look great and it doesn't scare me. And I know we're going to be able to turn it. And so I, that I think by being able to have that natural instinct is what I, I feel like it's a natural instinct because not everyone can look at something and be like, this is going to turn into this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that helps, but what we, what I, what I will say is I do try to like 
try, try to have like a really good pulse on the market. Like I'm constantly looking at homes like well, all day long to make sure trends, yeah. designs trends to make sure we're not, we're not over either overdoing trends or underdoing trends. Like we, I want to be right in the middle, even with our rentals, I want to be the prettiest rental. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but I don't want to be like, I don't, I don't also want to be not smart. Like on in certain price points. Yeah. We might put quartz countertops, but in certain price points, we for sure do laminate countertops. Yeah. So like, it's just by area. Have you done I, I Airbnbs? Have... You done Airbnbs too? So you design them? We've, we've not, no, we've not yeah. done Airbnbs. I feel like it'd be really fun to yeah, because yeah, it's actually really fun. I brought it up because I actually enjoy doing the Airbnb part of it as well, designing the Airbnb, because then you get all the knickknacks and the the little things. It kind of it's kind of fun as a designer. Uh, so I, I bring it up. I wish. <laughs> no, I wish. No, I um no, I what we do is what we did start doing like a few years ago was we kind of started doing a few higher end rentals a, mm -hmm. a year. So like that higher end market. So those were the ones that we were buying that were over 400,000 or like three to 400, but we're appraising for six to seven or 800. Mm -hmm. And we were getting like solid rents because that's going to be like your corporate person or someone, but they're, they're 12 month leases. They're not like short midterm leases, but it's probably someone just maybe relocating in Dallas that doesn't know where they want to live. Right. So they're, they want a nicer home and they're willing to pay nicer pricing. So being in that market really is what I think lit fire under me to be like, I want to do a flip because you renovate those properties as if you're going to put them on the market because of the buyer yeah. or renter you're attracting. Yeah. So you kind of, yeah, you got to design it a little differently. Have you thought about midterm rentals yeah. and doing some of the travel nurses and construction worker? Have you yeah. So we have, we have, and we have a hybrid strategy going on. So we, we have, we do, we have four, you, you can consider a midterm. We don't manage them because hmm. we self-manage all of our entire portfolio and we project manage our renovations that trying to have like the thought process of trying to furnish a midterm, build furniture, do all that was, is just too daunting, but we have an eight unit and it's our only multifamily and half of it is being leased as midterm and half of it's being leased to long-term tenants. Mm -hmm. But someone's managing that for a 20% management fee, they're managing it. Um, mm -hmm. So they're respond they, they furnished it. I didn't furnish it. So in that 20% management fee included furnishing the unit. Oh, wow. That's um, awesome. yeah. yeah. So that it was a sweet deal. And, and honestly, that side of the building is now, now at least the last month, two months probably has mm -hmm. been uh, netting, netting more than our long-term renters. Mm -hmm. um, but again, and that's including his, so it's net that, in, that takes all the expenses out his of fees, the yeah. equation. Yeah. His costs. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, so, I mean great mid strategy. Yeah. Midterm rentals are great. I mean, you just, all you're doing is furnishing an apartment and yeah. yeah. And then, but I was like building furniture, man. I saw people's posts and videos about like what they like just spending days. On. I'm like, oh, I Ikea. cannot. I, Ikea. Yeah. I was like, I cannot do that. Like oh. I just, I, it, was, it wasn't yeah. just building the furniture. Yeah. It was also like, you have shorter turnovers, right? So like the people are in there for like whatever, 60 30, days, yeah, days whatever the case is. And you got to find somebody else to come in. Mm -hmm. And we're mm -hmm. like, that's not something that we want. We do. We do want to implement the strategy, but we just didn't want to manage, manage it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can make more. That's why, you know, you can ultimately rent for more. It's just the management of it all is the hard.
car part. And then obviously yeah. Air, Airbnbs is a lot more management you can make the most technically, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But that, yeah. Just different ways to make more money. Yeah. So, different ways. I feel like that active income for Airbnb for us, I feel like that we would rather probably do a flip as active income versus Airbnb. Yeah. Just because just turning people out. Every yeah. Like day or two days or something. Mm. Having to manage the, the calls or I don't know what, I don't know. You, kind of you would, you would figure out a system in a second. It's not that hard to, <laughs> yeah. to figure out. I, I have nine Airbnbs. I don't answer. Yeah no calls or yeah you get a va to you would figure it out it's easy you use a platform you use a platform you automate it all on the platforms and and then you get a va to to follow up and you get a handyman to help out and you get your cleaners it's it's just it's not that hard you would there you, you would, go you would, you would like not. I, I think you could do it i think you do it quickly no it's real so we use a we have a channel manager that makes it all automated hey how's your stay going how was your first night here's the keys please yeah. leave us a review every day we're like just constantly sending messages um they have all the check-in instructions and all that then dynamically price changing and all that's really important of course and then um and then uh and then they check in ask questions i have a va that answers it um, you know, it's not too hard. And then your cleaner does the cleaning, of course, and the handyman for fix it. And then my handyman guy builds the furniture and sets it all up. I don't do that. <laughs> so that's your that's worry. About. That's that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he said, here, here's the stuff. Come pick it up. I, I deliver it to my house and come pick it up and deliver it. And build it. <laughs> uh, I don't think uh I think you guys would be fine if you did want to do Airbnbs. I think you guys would kill it. You you developed some good systems, for sure. Yeah. 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 I think it just it just looks more daunting right now, just because we handle long term tenants and we're like, oh, this is so much better. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah long terms sure are easy. Like... Long terms are easy. Just <laughs> so much put them in and forget yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we can figure it out once we get into it. Oh, any oh talk about long-term tenants any lease hacks you can think about uh you know tricks or things you like to have on your leases or any do's or don'ts or things to include um yeah i think or i think implementing you, like uh like do you oppose rent, raises, like, um, rent raises and stuff no we definitely don't oppose rent raises i mean no, no try try to have rent bumps included in the leases or because the goal of any oh, renter not in the, is, leases. the goal of any renter is to one get them long term two to three years and you know two to have some kind of rent bumps in there so that's a goal of any rental you know of course so how do you yeah so we have you thought we typically just do we do 12 month leases even though some people might ask for a longer term we'll go ahead and just do the 12 month it also mm. not only does you get to like you know price check again in the 12 months later because like if you sign up let's just say you sign somebody up for two thousand dollars a month and then that area takes off in that year and all of a sudden mm. rents are 2500 people well, you don't want to undershoot yourself so we don't do anything longer than 12 months because then we can reassess the market in 12 months see where it's at and then you know price them accordingly when they try to renew. Um, it also gives us uh, time to like see if the tenant fits, you know, like as if, if, if there's too much, if there's too many issues that are not, not related to 
like property, like, you know, just like regular property maintenance or submitting, you know, property maintenance stuff. If there's just, like, you know, if there's drug problems or if there's yeah. crime because of them that they're bringing in and it's just not a good fit. Oh, 12 months is like that trial period where we just terminate it at that point. So um, that's one reason we don't do the longer term right off the bat. Well, that you... and then we also like, sorry, go ahead. What was the question? I was gonna say um, the other thing that we do so it doesn't also like yeah because that it, you bring up a point a lot of people ask like can we do a two year and mm -hmm. we'll say no but we always tell them you get you will be notified sixty days before your lease like expires on mm -hmm. uh, and you have the first right right we've never also gone into a renewal and increased it like like on a two thousand dollar like a month we would never go and be like okay we're gonna do ten percent and it's twenty two hundred like that's not. Like that would be, in our opinion, feeling like price gouging. Like they are going to probably leave because two hundred extra dollars a month might feel, um, sure. you know, not doable yeah. for a family, right? But yeah, two thousand becomes twenty fifty, and then that's something that most people will say yes, and you naturally get your increase built in, and they'll stay if they like the property. And to his point, in twelve months, you figure out if 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 they like the property or if you like them very quickly early on in that twelve month relationship. Um, and so it, usually the issue at renewal is if they don't like it, no matter what we do, even if we keep it flat, they're not going to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the ones that like it will be okay with paying whatever that small percentage is. And, and sometimes like in COVID year, um, or even the year after we didn't raise rents, like even though our expenses, taxes went up, insurance went up, everything, you know, a lot of non-payers, so our expenses went up, right. Yeah. We didn't increase rent because we knew it just wasn't right it wasn't the right time so we're also a little i feel like we have a little emotion into probably what mm -hmm. we do because we self-manage um yeah. yeah i know but, what you mean yeah there's certain tenants that uh, there's one of my tenants yeah i haven't raised her rent in two years she's a mom and single mother and i probably can bump her up 50 100 bucks maybe but you kind of feel for certain yeah. people you know you just get this little soft spot if she was one of my first renters you, you always have certain renters that people and and yeah. then you're running you're running the risk hey maybe i do bump it up and they do, they say no and now i might go a vacant month you know without possible possibly a vacant month without uh having somebody in there and so you kind of weigh yeah. that on is is it worth the you know 50 100 bucks 100 dollar rent bump you know so there's, yeah. there's always that yes. little Making plus turnover costs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're going to touch up paint. You're going to clean it. You're going to, mm -hmm. there's going to be a couple of things that you're going to have to do. So a couple yeah. thousand dollars is just a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty as it, you, as I think you guys are, is that I always feel like I have to make it nice again, even though you probably don't, but you know, going repainting yeah. the whole thing and, and doing things that probably don't have to, but just feel like you want to have a good product for people, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, that's, yeah. I think that part of the business we're kind of talking right now, people don't realize there, it is a struggle right there to figure out, you know, do I do rent increases when and how, and, and that, that little, that little part in there is definitely hard, you know, especially if you haven't done one and like, you know, there's, there's it's a hard, hard part of a landlord, yeah, I think. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. You want to keep it into a balance to where you're not losing tenants there because you want to have them in there. <laughs> For a certain amount of time because that turnover cost does eat into your mm -hmm. margins mm -hmm. so yeah. trying to get somebody to stay for at least like three to four years would be the ideal case but yeah yeah, yeah.
Um, well, let's get into the last segment. So last segment is um, we have a question from somebody. And uh, uh, this is from KT is his name. Uh, how do you navigate a business relationship and marriage? <laughs> you guys are... Okay, well, <laughs> hey, we'll take you out. Oh, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, there's two things that I think we'll say. And I mean, you, you probably might, might, I don't know, maybe we'll have two different answers. Who knows? Uh, but the stay in your lane is real. If you do not stay in your lane, that's usually when you start noticing it affect into your marriage, like your business bleeds into your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um so you have to do a really good job at defining roles. If you want to be in business together, be like, you are responsible for this and you are responsible for that. Yes, we can collaborate because collaboration is good for any business. Um, but no, we don't tell one another what to do when we're not the expert in that field. Like I won't go to Amr and be like, you're silly for using this bank because blah, blah, blah. Like I have nothing to do with finance and he's not going to be like, why'd you pick this color on the wall? Um, he has nothing to do with design. Um so staying in your own lane is very important and then like having so our our so not only do we work together and are in marriage together our office is in our home too so mm-hmm. we really don't like get to leave like there's no you leave it behind in the office and then you move on you go home right um so that's a big one is to like know when your work day ends like is it for us it's probably between the six and seven hour because between Six and seven is when we're both getting home um, from whatever we're doing. And and that's when, whenever it's time for dinner, we don't, we try our best to not talk about work. Or if we had disagreements during the day, we do not let it come in after the seven o'clock mark. And we don't have children yet. So we're trying to be really good about it to practice for the day we do have a child in the mix. Because the last thing you want is it to affect them and them notice that something's not right. Um, so I think if you stick to t- those two things, you can make any marriage and business relationship work yeah you definitely like i think that's the one one of the biggest ones that you have to have that flip like you gotta flip that switch real quick like after after work hours you have to go real quickly into just like this like we're actually in a relationship first and then work comes second so you have to turn off whatever happened in the day whether disagreements or you know rough day whatever happened just turn it off and then flip to relationship mode and then Mm -hmm. that's all like you know like even though we will bring yeah. Like sometimes we will be sitting there at dinner or even on a day night just talking about work, but like, yeah, that will naturally come up, but um, you have to kind of try your best to try to separate those two. Out. That switch, that switch, you got to flip that switch. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a huge one. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's yeah. the huge part is no one know how to just switch it, flip the switch and let it, let it go. You know, okay. That was, that was daytime work. And now we have our relationship and, you know each other and it's more important than than anything and uh definitely yeah definitely struggles on some days when it's when the business is you know you're stressful and whatever's going on oh for sure <laughs> yeah but it's nice you get to share it with each other too which is I, i'm jealous of a little bit i can't i do this my wife's not really a part of the business a little bit but i don't get to share just some of the things I'm stressed about and struggling with and like, let's figure out this together. You know, I think that's huge, you know, to bounce an idea off each other's head, you know, even if I already know the answer, but just to say it out loud. is Talk is it out. Yeah. And it's someone yeah. you trust, you trust a hundred percent. So, you know, that's the other car. Cool thing is like, obviously you trust that person with your life. I'm going to trust 
my business with them as well you know so that's the other huge thing you can share your your secret struggles you know your challenges that you wouldn't share with a even a cfo or a co-worker or C ceo or whatever you know yeah oh for sure because there's some struggles that a lot of i know we all go through in this business and uh there's some really hard challenges that uh or behind the scenes everyone sees this business uh, on uh, social media and it's, it's glitz and glamour and it's easy and um but yeah. there's a lot of struggles we're you know we're dealing with money and large amounts and bank accounts and timelines and closing and funding on this day and you know yeah 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 see yeah yeah people don't see that People don't see that. Yeah. There's like a, a billion moving parts and you are an expert at being a mortgage lender one day. And, you know, next day you're talking to your contract and you're an expert at that and balancing your book, your bookkeeping yeah. and property management. You're like this many hats, you know, expert. In yeah. And, um, yeah. It does. You, it, it, you do bring up a valid point. It does help having your partner at least invested <laughs> into your business even if they don't want to be in the business with you, um, trying to get them invested in it because those hard days when you do have to bring it home, it is hard when they don't get it because, because we've seen this with other people. Um, they just, they don't, they don't understand or sympathize or can't understand. So then they expect the person to turn their switch immediately. And it's not that easy, especially with this, like you said, the stuff that goes every like 10 seconds or something else going through your head. And if deadlines are deadlines and if money's due, money's due. And, can't have someone turn that off so it is yeah. nice having a partner that understands that yeah yeah I, I i bring it home to my wife a lot and most of the time she's you know very caring and thoughtful but there's sometimes she's like not on my team and that's when it's hard i'm like i just wanted you to listen i didn't want you to to yell at me and say why didn't you, you know, do this do that and i'm like i just wanted you to listen to me i guess because there's like no one to, sh to talk to you know it's a it's, it's it's you know we're close i mean that, i think that's actually how we all got close is because we're all very like-minded and when we're Maui together we all know we all know the same struggles we all know the same uh problems as well as we have the same growth and the same uh mindset to do more and i think that's why we all get so close so fast is because we're all on that that same page a wavelength i guess you can say in life and um yeah i think that's it's it's like a small society of people even though it feels like it's so broad you know what i mean like there's only a, a few people i think you know yeah. probably 100 100 people that you can really share and you know talk to i think we were sitting yeah, yeah that, that understand yeah. yeah that happens yeah the same journey or, or going through the yeah. same thing no for sure i know exactly what you're talking about yeah i think we were sitting uh at that restaurant or whatever like in that big open area and we were sharing like i think something some struggles and stuff and i think i've th those are the moments right there on like you know exactly what that like, person is going through and yeah late, yeah late late at night on the, one of the days yeah that was probably like one of the best nights to just have a conversation just around the table and just everybody was just kind of just saying their own thing but we were in an open environment like you know everybody understood each other and had feedback yeah and even as that of like a classroom situation that was, it was just a great night 
yeah yeah it's it's something about being not just it's not just like-minded people i mean we're all like-minded but people who've who achieves achieved something and, and succeeded and built this machine now they we all have that you know we have that equality i guess it about each other and we can share okay this is what i'm really struggling with <laughs> you know <laughs> deal highlight of the week and we were talking earlier about uh funding and raising capital and you guys are just starting off and creating your own huge fund a 10 million dollar fund right you want to talk about that at all or yeah. yeah so we that that is in the works it's going to be a 10 million dollar fund it's going to be focused solely on single family homes and the dallas forward market um it's going to be value add homes that it's going to be held as rentals after we finish with value add rehab on there um but yeah that's that's in the works i don't know if we're allowed to actually talk about it right now or not but, uh, uh, yeah that is in the works and, talk story and yeah but yeah, yeah. anybody wants any information on what's about to come up here in the next 30 to 60 days and how they can invest with us to, to get into the real estate market in DFW mm -hmm. and how they can partner with us on deals. They can visit uh, 21co.com and just, you know, taking a couple of inputs of the information from you and we'll reach out as soon as we're up and down. So again, how can anyone follow you or look like what's your social media and stuff handles? Yeah. 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 So follow us also on social media at, at rehab rental. We're pretty active on there. And if you have any mm -hmm. questions again, about even just what he just talked about, or in general about our market message us, and we do our best to respond back as soon as we can. Yeah. Instagram's always great guys. And, and go on Instagram and just comment and message. I mean, we are all brand new at one point and I still have a million questions all the time myself. I'm, I'm getting bigger into commercial now and in commercial they always using these weird acronyms i think they make them up half the time um and I, i'm like what what did you mean by ctfw or i don't know what the hell it's and they like made it up on their own like how do you think i'm supposed to but um in the commercial world they make up more acronyms it's almost like it's own language sometimes but my point is to message uh, message everybody on you know message and comment and ask questions privately in the in the DMs if you're um, if you're unsure. I think we all like helping people. We all think there's you know enough to go around. So just ask questions, guys. Mm -hmm. um, Indar Hawaii is mine. Subscribe and like and comment and ask questions. It's the biggest thing. Um, I am a person of always asking questions. Whoever I sit with, I'm always asking questions about their business, about their life. Uh, just because I love learning, love learning from each other. But um, thank you guys so much for sitting with us today and just talking story. And I know we talked a lot before this. So uh, thank you for just taking the time. And um, it's great catching up and hanging out. And uh, it's great just yeah. talking story. Yeah. yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on. It was good fun to see you after a few months. But yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. Aloha. Thank you. <laughs>